For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5-Minute News. China's virus data, fact or convenient fiction? Outbreak creates new challenges for addiction recovery. And will coronavirus kill the oil industry and help save the planet? It's Thursday, April 2. I'm Anthony Davis. Skepticism about China's coronavirus numbers has swirled throughout the crisis, fueled by official efforts to quash bad news in the early days and a general distrust of the government. There is no smoking gun pointing to a cover-up by China's ruling Communist Party, but intentional or not, there is reason to believe that more people died of COVID-19 than the official tally, which stood at 3,312 at the end of yesterday. In any country, getting a complete picture in the fog of war is virtually impossible. As Wuhan began reporting zero new cases, online posts said a case had been found. In fact, it was an asymptomatic case, and the Wuhan government said it didn't meet the definition of a confirmed case. The number of asymptomatic cases depends on how intensely a country tests people. South Korea curbed a sizable outbreak, one of the first outside China, by aggressively tracking down anyone who'd come in contact with a confirmed case and testing and isolating them if their test was positive. The potential for misreporting in China has been a convenient diversion for Trump and the US government. The reality is that we could have been better off if China had been more forthcoming, Vice President Mike Pence said yesterday. Republican lawmakers in the US have been directed by the White House to be particularly harsh about China's role in the outbreak. Enhancing Beijing's role in the pandemic by branding it the Chinese virus could be politically helpful to Donald Trump, who has sought to shift blame for the US outbreak away from his administration's delays. In reality, the US administration has known about coronavirus since December. After weeks of public denials, the president finally appeared to take it seriously in March, three months too late. The US now has more cases than any other country, including China. The coronavirus pandemic is challenging the millions who struggle with drug and alcohol addiction and threatening America's progress against the opioid crisis, said Dr. Caleb Alexander of Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. People in recovery rely on human contact, Alexander said, so the longer social distancing is needed, the more strained people may feel. Therapists and doctors are finding ways to work with patients in person or by phone and trying to keep them in treatment, and many are finding new reservoirs of strength to stay in recovery. 
In Olympia, Washington, a clinic for opioid addiction now meets patients outdoors and offers longer prescriptions of their treatment drugs, four weeks up from two, to reduce visits and the risk of infection, said medical director Dr. Lucinda Grand. Elsewhere, federal health officials are allowing patients to take home methadone, another treatment drug, and they issued emergency guidance to make it easier for addiction professionals to offer help by phone without obtaining the written consent required to share patient records. With cities and states locked down, online support groups are forming, among them a global group started by a San Francisco-area tech worker that's called One Corona Too Many. In the New York City metro area, with more than 6,000 meetings weekly, organisers offer guidelines on best practices and tutorials on how to set up video conference calls. Richie Weber, who survived a 2014 fentanyl overdose and now works as an addiction counsellor in Clyde, Ohio, said he's heard people during online meetings say they've already slipped. They're really trying to keep it from falling back into full-blown addiction, Weber said. Isolation is really worrying for me. If you're shut up in your house, your windows are closed, you're going to get depressed, he said. The plunging demand for oil wrought by the coronavirus pandemic, combined with a savage price war, has left the fossil fuel industry broken and in survival mode, according to analysts. It faces the gravest challenge in its 100-year history, they say. A key question is whether this will permanently alter the course of the climate crisis. Many experts think it might well do so, pulling forward the date at which demand for oil and gas peaks, never to recover and allowing the atmosphere to gradually heal. The boldest say peak fossil fuel demand may have been dragged into the here and now, and that 2019 will go down in history as the peak year for carbon emissions. Is virtual working, for instance, the new normal? Demand for oil has plummeted as the coronavirus locks down people in their homes and airplanes on runways. Governments are deploying stupendous sums to stimulate the coronavirus-wracked global economy, $5 trillion from the G20 nations alone. But how it is dispersed remains uncertain. European Union leaders have promised to make their emergency measures align with their Green Deal programme. But the $2 trillion US coronavirus relief package is doling out $60 billion to struggling airlines and offering low-interest loans that are available to fossil fuel companies without requiring any action to stem the climate emergency. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News with your preferred podcast app, Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Visit us online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an independent production covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering unbiased, verified and truthful world news daily. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.